0: What's up, friends? Graham Bolden here. Welcome back to another episode of the Speak a Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today we're doing another episode from the vault, where we are going back in the archives, pulling out some of those timeless classics, revisiting some of your favorites from the show. Today we're going to be talking with uh, my buddy Hugh Culver, who uh, leads a company called BlogWorks, uh, and Hugh is also an accomplished keynote speaker, best-selling author, and just a, a great, great guy. And uh, honored to have him back with us. He he's actually joined us a few times on the podcast, but in this episode we focus specifically on using blogging to book speaking gigs. Now, also in this episode, Hugh's going to explain what you should blog about, the frequency and length of your post, even how to promote your blog. He also is going to lay out important steps for constructing a a post, how to determine if your blog is connecting with your audience, uh, and so much more. Listen, when it comes to blogging, Hugh is a go-to authority on this. So, If you've got questions about format and topics, he's going to be covering all of that today in our conversation. If you're wondering how your blog can help you grow your speaking business, you won't want to miss my time with Hugh. So let's go back in the archives here and uh, get to it. Here's my conversation on blogging to book gigs with Hugh Culver. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, joined by my buddy Hugh Culver, who's actually making. Dude, did you realize this is your third appearance?
1: I know. I was, know I was looking at that.
0: You are, you're an elite company now. There's only a few people that have been up to this echelon. So uh, you're on back in episode 10 and episode 120. And uh, welcome back, man. Good to have you here.
1: Hey, I'm excited to be back. Thanks, Grant.
0: So uh, people can go back and get your full story uh, back in episode 10, especially. But uh, once you give us the quick nutshell on uh, who you are, what you do, uh, who do you speak to? What do you speak about? and, And give us that overview.
1: Sure. So I actually came out of the adventure tourism industry way back when, originally whitewater rafting of all things. And then my brother and I sold that company. Then I joined up with partners to start a company in Antarctica. So we built uh, what's I like now known as Antarctic Logistics. It's the it's the world's only company that actually operates flights in Antarctica. So Antarctic Antarctic Logistics has flown in Prince Harry and David Beckham and all sorts of crazy people like that, but it actually started out as a company to get people to the South Pole and go climbing. After that, I uh, I decided uh, I really wanted to understand how businesses worked, so I was I was actually going through my MBA program and started to get asked to speak, and that's what I've been doing for over 20 years now, is being a public speaker and helping people to with their productivity primarily. Yeah. And then more recently, I started a company called BlogWorks because I realized how important blogs are in the speaking business. And it's also one of the most difficult things for speakers to find time for. And so, yeah, now we have a team of 11 people that help people all over North America with their blogs.
0: Awesome. Cool. And I want to spend some time talking about that because blogging is one of those things that has been around for a while. And it's one of those things that, you know, you can, some people see the value in and some people say, well, it's, you know, blogging has been around for so long that it's just kind of crowded noise. So let's kind of start here. Like what uh, should speakers be considering blogging? And and if so, why?
1: Well, so here's the thing. As someone who's been in the trenches for an awful long time, as you know, Grant, you know, The basic idea of speaking is that we're thought leaders. So right. whether you are an expert in leadership or family development or conflict resolution or as a futurist, you're being hired as a thought leader. And In my opinion, the best way to sell yourself as a thought leader is to give a sample of your stuff, a sample of your work. So what the heck do you... So people can either go out there and they can buy a book, but maybe you haven't written a book yet. Or they can read a blog and they can get a sample of it. Or, of course, they can watch a video. And so for most speakers, certainly the ones that I work with, the easiest, most practical thing for them to create on a regular basis is a blog.
0: And so you said regular basis. Like how often for someone that's blogging, I think one of the things that that tends to happen is... Someone, uh, someone starts blogging because they feel like that's something I'm supposed to do, or supposed to lead to gigs right. in some way. Um, I start doing it; I'm really excited, and like most things, there's kind of a natural attrition, and I lose interest. And before long, I'm posting, you know, every other week, and then once a month, and then every couple months, and then I haven't posted since you know 2003. Uh, right. So, what cadence should we be posting at? In order to keep it relevant and make it see this
1: is this is like this is a great question, Grant, because the assumption and this is certainly proven out if you look at any of the statistics that have been being put out over the years from either HubSpot or Orbit Media is you know more is better. But -hmm. the reality is, first of all, it's unsustainable. Like most people cannot produce a high quality blog on a you know very frequent basis. Like certainly, it'd be very hard to do that more than say twice a month. Right. What I think is more important is the quality of the content. So for example, if you were to produce two excellent blogs, and this does not mean excellent and long, by the way, but excellent blogs, like the kind of blog where people go, what? Yeah. Or, oh man, I have got to share this. Like this is, this is different. If you were to do that twice a month, um, I think you'd be golden. In addition, something I want to talk about in this interview is something that we're doing more and more with our clients is taking old blogs, And then what we call is reloving them okay, and bringing them back up to the surface. So over and over again, we see people that have this fantastic content, but it's like a year old. And so, you know, people, it's like going on YouTube, people aren't going to go watch old videos and they're not going to want to read old blogs. So I would say twice a month is a really good diet. And then I would say part of that could be reloving old blog posts.
0: So doing those twice a month, um, is it more that we are just kind of setting it and forgetting it and writing them and putting them out in there in the world? And uh, like, if we're writing them, like what are we doing from there to ultimately actually like the goal with blogging or goal with a podcast or YouTube or whatever is ultimately lead to gigs. What, what would a blog do to help accomplish that?
1: Great. Okay, well, let's start with this. So first of all, uh, every blog has got to have a really powerful call to action in the blog. So in the old days, what we used to do is we'd write, you know, seven ways to be a better leader or yeah. five ways, you know, to smoke less. But the reality is people um, are, it's kind of like, imagine if, you know, Grant, we, you, we said, hey, let's put on an event, we're going to rent a hotel room. The people that are coming to your blog or into that hotel room, they're only there for like a minute, a minute mm-hmm. and a half. You have to have a really clear call to action now once you've figured out what that call to action is you need to put it in front of people and so to answer your question you need to have a routine that promotes that blog so that you can actually see if that routine works what I see is people post a blog and they forget about it or the next time they post a blog and then they write three tweets or the next time they post a blog they shoot a video and then they put the video on YouTube and so they have no way of knowing what's actually working because they haven't given it enough time to test it. So once you have that blog written, and you've got a good call to action, and we can talk more about how to do that, then you really need to have a routine on how you promote it. And that doesn't have to take you very long.
0: And so what would that routine typically look like? Is yeah, that going so to be, cause you mentioned like a couple different ideas of whether it's email or the various social media channels. Uh, and there's, and I think some of this is going to be subjective depending on the person and channels that they're active on versus the audience. And just because you're active on, you know, let's say Twitter doesn't necessarily mean that the people you're trying to reach are also active on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So what should that kind of promotion strategy look like for posts that are done?
1: Okay, so here here would be like a really minimal diet. Number one is you set up an email to go out, and that email will go out at the time when people are actually most receptive. And that there's actually, you can get technical on this, but your Google Analytics will actually tell you the day of the week and the time of the day that people are most likely to be on your site. So that's when your email goes out. So for me, it's 7 a.m. Sunday morning.
0: Okay.
1: Believe it or not, 7 a.m. Sunday morning is by far the winner for me. I've literally gotten thirteen thousand dollar keynote bookings at 11 a.m. Sunday morning. And when I scroll down in the email request, there's my blog. Yeah. So first thing is email your blog out. And what I like to do is I send, I put a teaser for the blog. So all, all I do is I put in the first couple hundred words until it kind of comes to what I call like a cliffhanger, right? (laughs) So like, okay, what's next? And then we put read more. So that's number one. Number two is you should be looking at the social media channel that gives you the best bang. And so for a lot of B2B speakers, it's going to be LinkedIn. If they've been doing their job well, they should have at least a couple of thousand people on LinkedIn. So that would be the first place I would go. But I would also copy and paste my blog article into the articles part of LinkedIn. Now, as of last February, you're the only person that can do that. So just a caution to everybody listening to this, you cannot outsource that job. So nobody else can now um, log into your LinkedIn, only you with your IP address. So that would be number two is post it on LinkedIn, then log into LinkedIn and actually post it as an article um, on your site. Now, and and pay attention to that because, you'll start to get comments on that article. You need to respond to those comments. This is where I see people, they kind of, you know, they sort of leave it and forget it. And it's a real mistake because the people that are following you on LinkedIn are potential clients. Okay, so then number three would be that what you want to do is you want to say, okay, well, I've now got it to my email list. I've got it to like my main um, social media uh, channels. Now what I want to do is I want to link other blog posts to it. So if it actually is a good blog post and you think, wow, this one really represents me well, just go in, take your top blogs and make sure they link to that blog. And so now your existing traffic gets exposure to it. So that's like a, that would be a minimal promotional diet.
0: Gotcha. But the point of it is just having some type of system. So it's not just set yeah. it, and forget it. And I released it. And then I hope, you know, if you build it, they will come uh, right. with, and just kind of crossing our fingers and hope that it works out. But having like, here's a very systematic thing that for each post that goes out, uh, yeah. that we're going to do, you know, these five things, we have to check the box on all five of these, you know, tasks to help to promote it. Um, okay. A couple of things that come to mind on this is uh, when we're writing, let's take you, for example, you do a lot of speaking on productivity, so if you're writing a blog post, are you one of the unique things about being a speaker is that the um the event planner the decision maker the the customer is oftentimes different than who the audience member is, so in your case, it may be an event planner who's hiring, but the audience may be a collection of you know employees at a company who are learning productivity and time management skills uh, so as you are developing content, how are, who are you writing to or for? Uh, and what do you, what, where do you tend to write about?
1: Oh, that's, that's good. That's a great question. I write to the audience. So okay. I write to the audience. So think of it as, you know, that's my avatar. So my avatar is 40 to 50 year old, um, mostly women actually mm-hmm. who are in middle management, who are overwhelmed and actually are also aware that they're overwhelmed in their whole life, not just their work life. And so that's why I write to you. Now, my assumption is the event planner can figure this out. So when the event planner reads that blog that's written to that woman that's going to be in the audience, the event planner can figure out, oh, this is a guy that could deliver the message. Yeah. So, uh, and what I want is I also want the, the people in the audience who are going to sign up to my list, because I have a, a way of doing that when I'm live with them, I want them to share that. So in the course of one year, I might, I might work with say 20 or 25 speaking clients. That's about all speaking I like to do. And, but in the meantime, I may be in front of thousands of people in the audience. So it's the audience members that share it. I, I write to the audience.
0: And so if you're writing to the audience and let's say that, you know, uh, 90, 95% of those that are actually reading the blog post are audience members, what are they doing that is, is helping it to turn into gigs? Is it just, I know someone as an audience member who's reading this, who's on a board or a committee, or I mention it to someone, or I'm sharing it with the right people, or what, is, what are they doing as readers that may help lead to a gig?
1: Right. Well, actually, all of those things. So for example, often, I've actually had people in the audience who then are on a committee for a future event. So because I speak uh, largely to associations, so those people can easily be on a health and safety committee next year, or an HR committee next year, or they are on some kind of a social, you know, social um, uh, giving committee. And so, so they may promote me to um, their committee. But also what they can do is they can share me to their social followers. Okay. And so in the course of uh, one week, you know, this is what people need to understand is that when people share your content on social media, it's actually going to a pretty big audience. Yeah. And so you need to also be looking at the, the mechanics inside your blog. A lot of blogs, not only are they missing the call to action, they make it it's difficult to share them. You have to search around and find that little button. And so make it easy for people to get to their, to the, get to their followers. And now you've actually reached a much larger audience.
0: So as you are, are creating content and let's say, again, you're doing this, let's just say twice a month or so, um, I find that most people who are blogging have uh, one or two challenges. Either I have so many ideas and I don't know which one to to write about, or I have no clue what to write about. Uh, You know, I can come up with a, I'm super excited about these first three or four posts. And then after that I got nothing. So what would you say to either side of the spectrum on having kind of a, a a steady pipeline of of ideas and topics to write about?
1: Okay, great. So let's, this is, this is really important. Uh, I, what most people do is exactly what you described. So they'll be sitting at Starbucks and they'll come up with something and they'll noodle it on a napkin. And it's pretty random. And I did that for a long time. Yeah. Sometimes, it, you know, you hit a home run and but more often than not, you don't. So there's two places that would be really easy for people to go to get a clue. Because typically, as you know, Grant, like, you know, we're not getting enough comments to make that a clue. But there's two places to go. One is traffic and one is shares. So... Uh, Every blog has to have Google Analytics installed, so that's really easy test. We have a a blog post on our website at yourblogworks.com that shows you how to discover, is Google Analytics installed? Go into Google Analytics, and you look for your top blog posts. That takes you like two minutes, and now what you're seeing is, based on traffic, what are people voting for? The other place you can go is BuzzSumo, so B-Z-Z-S-U-M-O.com. Plug in your uh, your URL, so copy and paste the name of your website, your URL, and it'll show you what's been shared the most. Now, if you take those two, what's got the most traffic, what's been shared the most, what you'll discover is you'll discover uh, topics, themes. So, for example, on my website, people really like uh to know uh time hacks so they want to know okay how do i actually get more done in less time or what tools work the best or um how do i remember things and so that's what i write more about is because that's what they're voting for it doesn't matter so much what i'm reading about or what i'm interested in because that's that's interesting but what what's actually going to work better is for me to go back and give whatever people have voted for, I need to give them more of that because they've already told me this is what I'm interested in. But all too often when I talk to bloggers, what I see is kind of a random smattering of ideas that doesn't really, it's, it's like imagine you, know, you, you go buy a book and every chapter is on a different topic. That's kind of how a lot of blogs look.
0: So how do you find the balance then of, Um, you know, like in your case, if you said people are primarily looking for time hacks, you know, and you can write about that and you can come up with a different angle for that. But uh, I mean, after time, it kind of feels like, I don't. I don't know what else to say about time hacks. I've given you guys everything that I've got. So when you start to reach that point and you start to you know feel like you're either, either exhausted the topic or exhausted the ideas, yeah. is that where some of that you know repurposing and reloving starts to come in, or uh, do you just trying to like stretch as much as you can and like where do you go from there when you just feel like I, I don't I don't know well, in this topic. You
1: well, know, there's some there's some great examples out there. So for example, um, you know Maria Popova at Brain Pickings. Uh huh. Yep. I mean, she really writes about um, how does the brain work and how do we learn and and how do we, you know, love and grow. She has 7 million uh, readers a month. She, she, you know, she took this pretty, it looks like a fairly narrow field and she just blew it apart. She will never run out of content. Look at James Clear. The guy wrote for five years about habits and now he's a New York Times bestselling author. He just wrote about habits. Five Mm -hmm. years. He was writing twice a week about habits. So I think the trick here is I agree with you that you can easily run out of topics, but you're only doing that because you're not actually stepping back far enough. You're not Mm -hmm. looking at it from the point of view of your audience. Your audience doesn't do the research that you're doing. They don't read these books. And so I can take something as simple as know how do I manage overwhelm? And I can write about that in 20 different ways because I can write about it from the perspective of as a parent, which I am, or as a manager, which I am, or as a business owner, I can write about it as someone who's tried lots of apps and has failed. I can write about it as someone who's, you know, who loves paper, but, but you know, I can, like, I can go on and on. And so it's one topic, but it's actually 20 topics. But I think what the mistake we make is we think, Oh, I've already written about that. They, and that's good enough. It's not good enough. You also need to remember that because we look at everyone's, we look at like analytics all, all day long and 80 to 90% of the visitors to your website are brand new. Yeah. They're not, they're not the way people think, Oh no, it's the same people coming back. It's not at all. 80 to 90% of the visitors to your, so if you have a thousand people coming to your website, seven or 800 or 900 of them have never been there before. So, just keep exploring, try different angles, bring in new research. Uh, You can do a book review. You can talk about your favorite podcasts on that topic. Like there's lots of approaches. What would you say to someone who would say
0: like, I, I get the value of blogging. I just don't like writing. Um, so for me personally, like that's kind of the camp I fall into. I, I remember several years ago, um, uh, I think it was a uh, crush it from Gary Vaynerchuk. And he mentioned that, you know, there's three primary forms of content that there was, uh, the written word, which f- comes in the form of a blog. Uh, there's video, which typically comes in the form of YouTube or, you know, Facebook live or some of the newer methods, um, or audio, which typically is what we're doing now in the form of a podcast. And podcast was something that I, uh, resonated with me uh something that clicked with me i enjoyed doing interviews and and being curious and learning more about you know people and what's working for them uh, so so writing is one of those things like i just don't enjoy like staring at a blank screen and trying to figure out what do i what do i write about here and i don't know what to say and is this good and it's just something i don't i don't tend to enjoy so do you feel like um for someone like myself or someone in that category, is blogging still valuable or is it, is it something where it's just like it's, blogging, you, you, you don't, even though yeah. it, it is valuable, you don't necessarily have to do it?
1: Well, obviously, this is really, and Grant, this is true for a lot of people like they know they should be doing it, but it just doesn't resonate for them. It's like so flossing.
0: I, just, I, I understand it's valuable. Yeah. I, I just don't want to, I don't want to floss. That's just one more thing to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: Right. I just want to go to bed. I don't have to floss. That's all or I gonna, do. I just like, want to drag. Bed. Well, so I think first of all, if there's a, if there's a way to work around it. So for example, this just today, I was talking to a client of ours. And so she records in video and then she mm-hmm. puts a little bit of text beside it. So that's oh. great. So that's, that's a way for her. She's really good on video. She Everything's single take. Yeah. She's natural. So, so that's one way to work around that. But if it's not naturally coming to you, then I would say don't start because one of the common mistakes that we see is a stale blog where when I log in, I'm seeing something that's two years old. And I think rather than putting the word blog in your menu, just decide, okay, I'm not I'm not a blogger, I'm not a writer, but I can be really great on YouTube or I can be really great on a podcast or whatever other medium you want to use. Like for some people, they might be, they just want to go on medium.com and just publish on medium. That's their thing, man. They, yeah. they, you know, that's it. But that again, that's written. So I would say if you're not, if it doesn't really resonate with you naturally, then I would say don't start. But I would also say that before you give up on it is to look at, really creative approaches, you know, Seth Coden writes like 75 words and he's yeah. viral. So we don't all have to write a thousand word articles to be successful and we don't have to write them every week. So for example, if you know you're a thought leader and you're an expert in, you know, let's say you you know, you're an expert in motivation and you just have this new angle and you've got this great model and you know that when you speak it to the audience, people love it then I think you should really seriously look at how to reproduce that in the form of a blog, but do it in a way that doesn't bog you down. So maybe you have to do it in, in a batch or you have to have an assistant, you know, that, that will uh, create it for you. I mean, we're, we're doing that now as a service. So we will write the blog for you. We'll even take your rough notes and we'll turn that into a blog. But before you abandon it altogether, I just think you should look at, you know, is there any way that I can create it? Because, um, the, the internet likes blogs. It's really good for your SEO on your website. It's really easy to share on social media. It's really uh, really easy for people to share a blog. So mm-hmm. it's and I would actually argue that for my speaking clients, the actual event planners, they would actually be more likely to read a blog quickly than to than to commit to watching a video um, or even, unfortunately, listening to a podcast. No, because I think there's a little... such a hurry to get yeah. through. Decision process.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. there's no. I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's much easier to skim a blog post right. than it is to skim an, a podcast or even a, a YouTube video. Correct. So, so one that of
1: the things uh, just, just look at the alternatives before you abandon it. And right. And it, again, it doesn't have to be a thousand words. Like you know, I think sometimes I've really enjoyed. 200 words but they're really smart like they've really captured some essence of a you know a new approach or an idea that I haven't thought of before and I, to me that's valuable.
0: Yeah and I wanted to go there next was uh, in terms of length um you you mentioned a couple different examples of you have someone uh who may write several thousand words that feels like a a a short book um that is really really well done and then you mentioned you know like a seth godin on the other end of the spectrum who may write sub 100 words and it's still really really good and so i've you know i've heard sometimes before i've heard the the advice of you know you should you should uh right. Uh, the article should be as long as it needs to be. You know, it's just like, what is that right. mean? You know, it's like some philosophical <laughs> thing, but so what would you say? Like, what is, you know, what is the right amount that you should be, if you're coming up with a couple posts a month, how long should those posts be? I ideally, it's just kind of a, a ballpark target.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, well, if you look at the statistics again, you know, a thousand words seems to be a thousand, actually 1500 words seems to be pretty magical as far as getting traffic. But Uh, You know, I I actually really enjoy a lot of short posts. So Derek Sivers is another one. So his posts are like three or 400 words at the most, but they're very well written. So in answer to your question, I would say that the minimum has to, I would say it's pretty hard to convey a really uh, coherent message in less than say 300 words. Yeah. Um, But I, I would say that once you're approaching 500 words, you can probably have completed the entire argument and you know, which is which is going to be some kind of an opener that's going to catch my attention. So back to James Clear, he, he, he does a great job of starting with research. Someone like uh, Tim Ferriss, when he was blogging, he would start with a story. So some kind of an opener. Then tell me the problem. Like what's the problem? This is where a lot of bloggers skip this part, but what's the? why should I bother reading anymore? I've given you 75 seconds. Now what the heck is – so tell me the problem – and that could be a problem you have that you've overcome or a problem you see in the market. And then go into your deliverable. Like, what, what is this big solution? So tell me what I can learn from it. And you know, having five things or seven things, as it's, that's not a format that's gone away. That still works. So, so give me a solution. If you look at, say, Psychology Today, almost every single blog post ends up with three things you can do. And then wrap it up. So what is the action I'm supposed to take? So it could be as simple as that. An opener, what's the problem? Give me some solutions and then give me some call to action and, and, and there's your blog post.
0: It seems no different than you know a speech format uh, of just kind of a, an opening, a closing, a couple of points in the middle that, uh, that show a solution to the problem and what are their next steps that they're, they're supposed to take.
1: Exactly. The only difference I would say is, you know, with a shorter blog post, you're not going to insert all those great stories that we use in our speech, right? You're going to get right to the point and, and you can in a blog just simply have bullets. Um, You know, I would say no more than five bullets, but that's quite an acceptable format. Just like, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Okay, you could do these, these five things.
0: Gotcha. Uh, one of the things you touched on earlier, I want to come back to here was um, you mentioned medium.com. So when people are writing uh, blog posts, should they be hosting those on their own site? Should they be putting them on medium or some other type of site or where should those posts live?
1: Well, well so I would, the two that I'm really most interested in is uh, LinkedIn and medium. Uh, just because I can see that you can get really fast results. Plus, there's, there's no negative effect of a complete duplicate copy going in there. Some people say, oh, you should wait three days before you put it on LinkedIn, but I haven't seen any research that proves that out. Literally, you could publish on your site and then go and copy it over onto LinkedIn and copy it on Medium. Now, the reason you would do that is you're going to reach a different audience. So the people that are looking at articles on LinkedIn, they obviously are going to be followers of yours or connections. Uh, and there, it's a different type of audience. These are people that are—they're willing to spend the time. They're, you know, they're thoughtful people. They're going to willing to make comments. You'll get more comments usually on LinkedIn than you will on your own website. And Medium is a place where people explore. So they're looking for related ideas. They're maybe searching a little bit, but they're really looking for thought-provoking ideas. And so um, that's a really great place to start to make your mark. And again, you may get faster traction there than you would in any other
0: medium. Interesting. Uh, So for someone who has been writing before in the past and it's something that like you mentioned, it may not feel like you're getting a lot of traction, meaning that you're not getting a lot of comments, doesn't seem like you're getting a lot of engagement, doesn't seem like you're getting a lot of eyeballs. Uh, What would you say to them to, to keep them going, to keep them from being discouraged, to keep them from going, ah, this isn't worth it, this blogging crap is dead, it died years ago and I'm just wasting my time. What would you say to them?
1: Well, here's a fun thing for everybody to do. Just log into analytics and look at the live feedback you're getting. So here's one of the things that's interesting, Grant. I was talking to a client yesterday who's using Shopify, one of the big Mm -hmm. Canadian success stories. And he said, this is so much fun. And he he showed me the actual dashboard. He said, look at this. Someone's, Someone's on my site right now. And this is what's missing with a blog is we don't get immediate feedback. So I would say log into Google Analytics and just look who's on your site right now. And then dig a little deeper, look at the blog. So all you have to do is go into Google Analytics. And on the uh, left hand side, click on behavior overview, look at your blog statistics. And my guess is, at least half if not more of your traffic is coming to your blog. So your blog is actually the engine for the traffic on your website, but we ignore it. Because there's no feedback. Like we go onto our website and we go blog, no comments, nah, it's dead, nothing going on. But behind the scenes, you can actually see what's really going on. And I think people would be surprised at how active their blog actually is.
0: Are any of those stats, um, specific stats that we should be paying attention to, whether it's sure. bounce rates or how much time they're on the site, or you mentioned even earlier, just just having an idea, if you have 10 posts on your site, do you have any idea, you know, which ones are, uh, are more active than others and which ones are showing up in search results more than others? So what are the stats that you're... You tend to look at. Okay, sure. So,
1: and and, and uh, a really quick thing I would really encourage everybody to do, and again, we've got a blog post on this on our site go to yourblogworks.com is just go into Google and have the email sent to you once a month. So, it's a really easy setup. You punch a little button, you tell it you want a PDF on the first of the month, and so it'll send this to you. So, the numbers I would look for is definitely users. Okay, so that's my unique traffic. That's a really good metric. That's like you know, there's a clear correlation. The more people that come into my website, the more business I'm going to get. If you're getting a 1000 a month and you can get it up to 5000 a month, everything goes better. Okay, so that's users. Number two is time on site. Okay. So just thinking again about the analogy of we've rented the hotel room. They've come into the hotel room. How long have I got their attention? So most blogs that we look at are less than one minute average. That means that people are coming in and they're just like leaving. So you want to get that, that definitely get that number up time on site. So after that, there's lots of other things like bounce rate and session rate. But the the main thing I would say is those two. Then the third thing would be source of traffic. So where are they coming from? So where it's, it's source acquisition. So you you just go look for acquisition. It'll say source. And then you, so how many are coming from social media? How many are coming direct? Um, How many are coming as referrals? And so it gives you an idea of, are people actually searching for my keywords on my website? Am I getting much traffic from LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever? And is anybody else referring traffic to me? So that's three. The fourth thing, again, would be which, which blogs are doing the best. So which are my what are my workhorse blogs? Like, which are the ones? Like, I have a blog post grant. I think it's called something about... Uh, how to make PowerPoint? It's something about PowerPoint, really, and I don't even use PowerPoint because I'm on I'm on a Mac, but that that thing is uh, I think the last time I looked, it's uh, it's easily uh, 200 people a day are reading that blog post. Yeah. So we're looking at. Um, what is that? You know, 200. Is that, have I got that right? 200? It's 4,500. 4, it's almost 5,000 a month. All right, month. there you I go. Hope you enjoyed today's really it's episode. 5,000 5, people a month for that one. You blog you take off, yeah. don't and forget I wrote it, it. like 18 it months ago? To so, to because, because I know that that's a
0: really a rating popular and blog post, iTunes, I tend to, talk, read every single one like I will helps pepper, it, I will mention, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. I'll talk about how to create better slides. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So first of all, it's users. we ask you, then the next one is going to time on site then it's going to be where and, yeah, does the traffic really, really, come do from appreciate and
1: then that. finally if you're is, looking for help or support, support like what as blog, blog you have actually got the most traffic coming to for whatever
0: reason right. cool. no, uh, you've you mentioned a bunch of different things here that speakers can do to leverage blogging for speaking gigs and help them build their brand and their business All right, my and it's not difficult but it does require work and for some people they may be listening and going like I don't want to do all this stuff. And uh, so you mentioned you've mentioned BlogWorks a couple of times. Can you give us a nutshell of uh, of what you guys do with the company?
1: Sure, thanks. So uh, BlogWorks is all about promoting your blog and helping you to have a more successful uh, experience with your blog and bring you more traffic. So originally we started out as a promotion company. So we have subscription packages where we use the content in your blog to generate all your social media. So we have uh, Lot of keynote speakers around North America that use BlogWorks for that. And then now, as of January 2019, we will also write the blog for you. So we will repurpose old blogs, which is a really, really inexpensive way for you to keep that blog content coming, or we will write blogs from scratch for you. So you can have a combination of content that's coming onto your site on a regular basis, plus it's being promoted on social media.
0: Cool. Very cool. Well, Hugh, thanks for the time, man. This is super helpful and I always enjoy chatting with you. You mentioned BlogWorks, but uh, if people want to find out more about you just as a speaker on that side of the business, uh, where, where can we go for it to find that?
1: Great. So they can go to yourblogworks.com. So yourblogworks.com to find out about those services, or they can go to hughculver.com and they can see an example of what I do with my blog and they can see, uh, hopefully what they can see is how simple it can be. Uh, My blog is nothing fancy, but it generates all my keynote speaking business.
0: Cool. Very cool. Well, Hugh, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Grant.